This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good afternoon. Bear down, baby. Yes, sir. Bears fans, this is Take the North with your hosts, David Hall. There has been a lot in what promises to be a busy offseason, whether it's speculation over the number one draft pick and Justin Fields being traded or the execution of the closing on the land in Arlington Heights. And Dan Weeder. The 2023 Bears are made for the offseason. They are a dream in terms of content, in terms of debates, in terms of talking points, in terms of developments. We're just getting started. We're going to take the North and never give it back. Welcome to the Take the North podcast. I'm David Hoff on the Mully and Haw Show from 670 The Score. Dan Readers from the Chicago Tribune at chicagotribune.com. Adam Szczynski is our producer back at the studios and we are talking bears there's not a whole lot going on at the end of june but we will revisit the uh, podcast periodically regularly to talk about the issues going on these are dan as they say the hazy days of summer in chicago <laughs> yeah still trying to catch my breath from the uh, canadian wildfire smoke from from tuesday and wednesday and apparently it's going to last through Thursday, which may put a, a, a little, uh, it may hamper my golf plans for Thursday, David. Well, that would be terrible because I think, you know, <laughs> we all get used to complaining about the neighbors maybe, you know, what's that? Well, that's the neighbors burning leaves or something. Usually the neighbors aren't, it's not Canada that's in reference to. But here we are trying to deal with some very strange air quality issues in the middle of summer in Chicagoland and beyond. And it's just, uh, one of those situations that with NASCAR in town for the 4th of July weekend and everything else going on, a very strange summer, but we digress. The Bears have been in the news, and I think that let's start there before. This I thought fight. you were going to give us like some good transition of where there's smoke, there's fire, and then go into some. I would not be there. that hokey. I would not definitely make, try to make that connection. Uh, although that nice try. Uh, I don't. I think that, you know, when it comes to this building uh, and stadium project, it's ongoing. So there's always going to be something to report. And this week, Kevin Warren, let's start with with where he was earlier this week. I think it was Monday night in Arlington Heights, a town hall meeting. Would that be the best way to describe it? He went to answer questions, a public hearing. I I, I yeah. think basically gave everyone an opportunity to hear from Kevin Warren about the Bears' plans. Well, so this was a forum, and it was a forum that was set up by a group known as Touchdown Arlington, which is a group in Arlington Heights that is trying to drum up support for the stadium coming to that beautiful 326-acre property at Arlington Park and understanding that there are going to be some logistical hurdles to navigate around. And so they had Kevin Warren out to answer a lot of questions, to um, give a progress report, to give an update to uh, what the Tribune reported was about 300 people in attendance um, trying to get some answers on, on where this is at and, and what 
possible sort of potholes are in the way uh, of the Bears moving here. As you know, David, this is going to be a fluid situation. It remains a fluid situation. And there's so much here. I had one source tell me this, like kind of like a, a, an American Ninja Warrior course that the Bears are trying to navigate through here, where you just don't know um, from obstacle to obstacle, which one is going to be the most challenging and which one may knock you in the water and which one may uh, challenge you the most. But they've got a lot to get through to, to try to find what George McCaskey repeatedly refers to as a stadium solution, not necessarily a new stadium. So take so that. We're going to talk about another alternative that was offered the Bears. We're going to go through the Bears offense this uh, podcast. We're going to talk about some other things about the joint practice schedule with the Indianapolis Colts that was announced. Yeah. But let me follow up on what you just said. If it is that involved, did you sense, have you sensed any level of surprise by the Bears? Because don't they have to expect that this is the beginning of an arduous process. They've said that all along. Has anything happened yet in your mind that has caught them off guard? Well, I take these direct words from Kevin Warren from the other night as something to just put a, a, a little pin in and, and keep on the, the radar here. He said, it's a little more convoluted at this point in time than I thought it would be, which is an expression of surprise to some extent by the new president and CEO of some of the, the political um, poker that is being played and some of the things that, that are standing in the way of getting progress to a standpoint where the Bears feel they are um, in a favorable position to develop that land at Arlington Park. We all know that this current situation stems back to, to tax issues and, and the valuation of the property that they currently own, that they won't be developing and certainly won't be um, open for commercial use for uh, at least two years in, into 2026. And they're just trying to get a number that makes sense for them. And there's obviously a lot of pushback and a lot of different numbers that are holding them back at this point. So I think Kevin Warren is a little bit, um, I don't know, surprised or shaken, but, but just... Uh, you know, keeping tabs on, on something that, in his words, is more convoluted than he thought it would be. He seemed to have a very strong command of the issues just in the reporting that I saw. I was not there. Talked to a couple people who were, and that was what the, the impression that they left with, is that Kevin Warren did have a very solid command of the issues. I also think that have, having been through you know, a similar situation like this in Minneapolis, that, that there's no naivete there, there's no kind of uh, beginners uh he's not leaving an impression that that he's going to be overwhelmed by anything that happens that said i think that there's uh certain things that he can't necessarily promise that he came across as i think being very committed to trying to in terms of the the numbers with the the school systems and the tax mm -hmm. Tax. He sounded like somebody who was earnest, and I and I honestly don't know how to interpret that yet, Dan, because I don't know how far along we are, and we all know that we can misread things like that, and I and I just wonder what effect that sincerity has, if it has any effect at all on the process. Well, a couple of things here. Number one, we can get into the suitors that are are also throwing their their names and hats into the ring here in a couple minutes or two, um, but but Kevin his entire leadership style is based on sort of having this uh, very public, transparent communication. Um, obviously, he's not going to be able to tell the truth at all times. Obviously, he's not going to be able to tell all the details of what the Bears are thinking at all times, but he's trying to give the outside world an inside view of, of how the Bears are trying to navigate this. Um, with that, look, like the, the one thing that I'm still trying to wrap my brain around is there are three school districts in Arlington Heights and Palatine that are are, are – um, pushing right to to have the property valued at a certain level so that they can have their rightful, I guess is the word you'd want to use from their standpoint, yeah. resources and and, and, and their financial commitment from the bears to to help them operate the way they want to operate. I can't figure out, given what they were drawing from from tax revenue with the Arlington Park property while it was in use, right? why there is such resistance right now to, to what, what the bears are suggesting, which would be they want to pay $4.3 million per year on the tax uh, property tax there on that property, which is $1.5 million more, David, than, than Churchill Downs was paying on the property, which seems to be fair. And it would seem to put those school districts in a favorable situation. So is this all political poker being played or are there serious concerns from the school districts that are, are, you know, creating these difficulties. It's, it's a hard one to figure out. Um, I'll leave that one up to you. And then I got one other thing to, to just uh, illuminate for people out there. 
Yeah, I think that's that's a good way to look at it. He's been on the job ten weeks, so I think there's yeah. going to be a reasonable expectation that there's that the dynamics are going to change, and, and some of the rhetoric is going to reflect the just how new he is on the job. You know, the, the things that probably stood out to me are, are not necessarily getting too caught up in the in the weeds of the the property tax assessments and the school corporations or districts involved. Is that you, he was committed to. The uh, obviously a close enclosed stadium, a dome, oh, yeah. if you will. So it's not going to be open air. We kind of knew that. I, I had I thought it was entertaining. I, I suppose that's the right way to put it. Um, amusing to hear him use Taylor Swift <laughs> as some of the rationale for for why you know it made sense is that in that what they what she drew in terms of the the turnout for concerts at Soldier Field, she could have a residency <laughs> at uh, Arlington. I don't know. If that was, I've never heard a football executive maybe go to that those lengths to to make a point, but it was amusing. As and Swifties out there like me appreciated the reference. Yeah, well, I'm glad that that, that you are a Swifty and and that you could be looking forward to maybe you know seven or eight concerts in a month long span uh, that would drain your bank account until we're able to get to take the North. Uh, you know, reach to a point where we're merchandising and we're making enough money for you to maybe be on the tour with Taylor. Um, but look, like you know, he, he's trying to push in into a grand vision, right? Like, and and the grand vision is to host more than Chicago Bears football games, as we well know. It's to host a Super Bowl, a Final Four, NCAA tournament games, Big Ten uh, championships, Big Ten basketball tournaments, concerts, monster truck rallies. You know, this is supposed to be a a um, 365 day a year use facility, you know, and, and so the bears are, are going to try to sell their grand vision in a way that makes sense to people that, that want to come along with that vision. And even those that don't, one of the things that I was going to say that, that we need to illuminate is that the, the leverage that would normally be there for a football organization in this standpoint, isn't there to its fullest extent with the bears because they entered into this purchase agreement at Arlington in Arlington park in Arlington Heights in June of 2021, you know, that that's, you know, a good 14, 15 months before Ted Phillips even made his retirement plans public. And so when, when you are kind of down the road um, with one site, it makes it a little bit more difficult to do that arm wrestle and to play that leverage game uh, with other people when, when you've paid $197 million, you've closed on the property, you've uh, had media out to watch the, the the cranes knock part of the grandstand down at Arlington Park. And so it's clear that that's still their number one choice. Um, and, and it just, I think it does reduce a little bit of that leverage that someone like Kevin Warren and the Bears organization would like to have as they're kind of fighting for the situation that makes the most sense and is most favorable to them. Yeah, the buzzwords he used, he wanted, they're seeking uh, clarity, uh, their tax certainty. Yeah. And they offered $4.3 million in taxes for the schools you mentioned, which he says is, he claims, $1.5 million more than Churchill Downs. So the, with the property being vacant over the next two years, the Bears believe that is fair. <laughs> and I think that's... The Cook good. County Assessor want, want, wants them to be at four times that, at $16 million, $16 million a year, which is a, a fight that's got to be ongoing as well. Well, I'm sure there's a different podcast, maybe by the Chicago <laughs> Tribune, about some of the tax assessors' uh, issues as well. So we need to maybe put that uh, for another day. Because it is all very political, and it all is going to be somewhat... Uh, just part of the ground they're going to have to cover. I think it does get interesting when you talk about the other municipalities that get involved. And, and Kevin Warren alluded to to those during the town hall meeting uh, on Monday night in Arlington Heights. Also, since that meeting, Aurora has gotten involved. And Aurora Mayor Richard Urban released the, the letter that he sent the Bears, a letter that he, according to officials in Aurora, was responded to quickly and positively by the Bears. So what Aurora has to offer is maybe a little bit more land. Um, they have uh, apparently a $360 million Hollywood casino resort that has been received approval. They've got the F uh, Fox Valley Mall uh, to consider out there. And there's a lot of land around I-88. So Aurora enters the mix officially this week, along with Waukegan, along with Naperville and is Rockford officially in the mix? I don't know, but apparently at least expressed cursory interest for sure. And for a hot minute, we thought Lake Forest was involved, but that was a mistake uh, by all of us who were reading Twitter too fast. 
That was yeah, Kevin oh, Warren, yeah, though. exactly. And, and and Kevin Warren had said that he he took a call on his drive down from Lake Forest, and it was you took a call from Lake Forest or on your drive down from Lake Forest. As it turns out, it was the drive down from Lake Forest. And so there was a, a little bit of uh, miscommunication in the syntax there, or whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, got a little confusing. You mentioned the Fox Valley Mall. The Fox Valley Mall is a place where young journalist Dan Wiederer, while working at the Naperville Sun in the neighboring town of Naperville, would stop over for lunch every once in a while and be there. So I'm familiar with the terrain in that uh, western western suburbs of, of Naperville, Aurora. The, the 59, Route 59 cuts right down uh, the border between Naperville and, and Aurora. So look like we can get out there and, and we can do whatever. And, uh, you know, look, I, again, this is a, a situation, David, where I think, as we mentioned a month ago, the audience and people in Chicago and people in Arlington Heights and people in the surrounding areas have to buckle in and understand it's going to be a long ride. And there's going to be a lot of twists and turns um, and you don't have to be jostled by all of them. And in conversations I've had with Kevin, he's talked about the need to have, a balance between patience and persistence. And that's going to be his thing to calibrate and figuring out how to be patient while also being persistent. Not an easy thing to do in a situation this complex. Last thing on this for me, I'm curious because I, I know you do communicate with uh, the bears a lot in the front office and ownership. I, do you feel like there's any sense of this that either a annoys them or B makes them feel like their position is being misrepresented in any way? No, not at this stage, because I think that they have control of their their position. And when Kevin Warren goes out to uh, a forum held by Touchdown Arlington, he can he can vocalize that and he can be in the news cycle and 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 set the headlines and and you know deliver the exact stance that they are trying to deliver. I think the Bears um, internally in that entire ownership group and, and front office have to just understand that this is territory that is complex. And, and again, you have to just um, know that there is going to be some stuff that, that, that twists in directions. You don't necessarily want it to go. You got to try to pull it back so that you can stay on the course that you want to go. And you just have to be ready to um, stay in control. I think David, right. Of the, of the entire situation. And it's one of the, predominant reasons that they reached out to hire Kevin Warren in January is because they felt like his hands on that steering wheel would be strong enough to keep it from careening uh, down a road they don't want to go or, or right off through a guardrail and, and down the side of a hill. I thought you were going to make a NASCAR reference there when you start talking about the steering wheels. Okay, so that's the Bears' uh, latest in terms of their stadium project in Arlington Heights, taking a letter from Aurora. We'll keep everybody updated as the summer progresses because there'll be there's bound to be some developments, and there, this is going to be a long, arduous process. A little convoluted, but we'll try to make it as clear as possible here on the Take the North podcast. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's get football. So last week we did the defense. This week we're going to do the offense. We got five questions before we get to some other stuff. And your favorite segment is? What you doing, man? Okay, what you doing, man? We're going to do that at the end of this as well. But let's start with the offense. What you doing, man? What you doing, man? What you doing? (laughs) That's my favorite. It's my favorite. It's great to hear from Zach Pickens here late in July, and we'll hear from him in a little bit later. But yeah, David, you mentioned it. Last week, we went through the defense position by position, and I raised my biggest question at each position group because I do believe that as this team reports to training camp next month, every single position group has a very significant question that needs to be answered as we try to figure out whether the three and 14 Bears can become a seven or eight win football team, maybe a nine win football team if all breaks right. So let's start. Uh, on the offensive side. And let's start with tight end. We'll save quarterback for last for obvious reasons, but the tight end group probably is the one with the, the, the smallest question, in my opinion. And right now, my biggest question at that position is how will Cole Komet and Robert Tunyon complement one another? This is going to be a, a combo, right? This is going to be a one-two tight end punch, two guys with, um, you know, diversified skill sets, uh, skill sets that are, are far from identical. And it's up to Luke Getze now with uh, an affinity for both of them and a belief that both of them can be useful to his offense to figure out how that works together. And so I'm going to be very fascinated in the early stages of training camp of, of watching that, trying to get a, a feel with my uh, – uh, with my eyes and then and then through some of the things that we hear from the Bears coaches on, on how these these two guys are going to blend together and hopefully elevate the offense. Well, the big question exists because, number one, I think that they're both stylistically very similar. And I think when we talk about availability, you're worried about health. But then, you know, you look at Tanya played in 17 games last year, so he's been available. Cole Komet has done a better job of doing that. I do think typically, traditionally, you have – one guy that is your blocking tight end and one guy is more of your you know receiving tight end. And I think Cole Komet is probably of the two considered the better blocker. Would Correct. you agree with that? So yeah, for sure. that that to me gives him maybe a little bit more of an opportunity to be on the field more often. Although I do like the idea of them playing together, how they complement each other. I, I think that's going to be a tremendous problem to have. You know, we talk about the receiving core. We'll get to it in a moment, but these two guys both can be threats in the red zone. I don't think it's necessarily as dynamic of a duo as maybe Jimmy Graham when healthy and Cole Komet were theoretically, but Tanyan's very good in, in the red zone, and I think he's underrated as a pass catcher. So I think this could be potentially their strongest position group because of their potential durability and also the way that you think Luke Getze can utilize the tight end for a quarterback that's going to need a safety valve. You mentioned uh, Jimmy Graham. And so I'll just go back a couple of years because there was, it was fun sometimes to see them get down there in that low red zone and know before the ball was snapped that it was a touchdown because you'd see Jimmy lined up over there against like a, a five foot 11 corner and just be like, okay, all they got to, all this quarterback has to do, no matter who was in the game at the time, just put it up high enough for him to post up and use those uh, Miami hurricane power forward moves to go get it. And and they had that. This I think is a different kind of chess game that the bears are trying to play. And they're trying to add as many weapons down there for when they get inside the red zone to put points on the board, you know, put the ball in the end zone. And, and, and so it'll be really interesting to see how that part of things is, is utilized. And then again, you know, like everybody raised, including Robert Tunyon about Luke Getzey's creativity, his ability to, have a versatile offense that, that that keeps defenses guessing and creates matchup advantages. Well, here's two guys now that allow you to do that along, obviously, with your quarterback, with your receivers, with your running backs. And, and so hopefully Luke Getze is able to figure that out. 
They had some pretty similar numbers last year. Cole Komet had seven touchdowns, but Tanya caught three more passes. So it just shows you how s- similar their skill sets are. And uh, I, I think they're, I don't want to say interchangeable, but they could be. But there's there's got to be even a third component probably at the at that position for a short yardage type of uh, uh, tight end, a, a, blo- a true blocking tight end, a third tackle, if you will. But I think that you know that those are probably very isolated situations. Overall, I, you know how how often both guys are on the field at the same time will depend on situations, down and distances, and health. Well, and I, I can think right off the top of my head, in my mind's eye, of at least three touchdowns that Cole Komet scored last year that were scored on the whiteboard. You know, they were scored because he was so wide open because of what they drew up um, that Justin Fields just had an easy pitch and catch. And, and all of a sudden it was a touchdown. So you want more of that as much of that as you can possibly get. Um, switching gears here. I, I'll give you any other position uh, but quarterback for, for the second choice. Here are the questions. All right. How about uh, running back? All right. Running back. Who will be the top playmaker? out of that position group in 2023. I say playmaker because this is about more than just running the ball. And I think part of the organization's attraction to Roshan Johnson and the reason they believe uh, so highly in his future is because this kid can catch the ball. He can be a receiving threat for you. He can line up in the slot. He can do some things that allow you to use him as a weapon. I still have no idea how quickly he's going to emerge. I really want to see a lot through, through through July and August to know where Roshan Johnson's fit is as a rookie on the 2023 Bears because as we've documented before, you got Khalil Herbert, you got Deontay Foreman, you got Travis Homer, you got Treston Hedmer. There's a lot of mouths to feed, and you're going to have to figure out how to how to feed them all. There are, and I don't want to see. I, I, I'm big on think, experience, and I, I like the potential of a Roshan Johnson, but I almost think that he has been so advertised and maybe overblown that the the initial reaction is to resist that. Like he can't possibly be that good. I worry about them raising expectations or maybe just the hype around him. It's not maybe the bears, but they have talked about him in these such glowing terms that the perception is like, Oh my gosh. So anything he does won't be a surprise. Let's wait and see. He's still a rookie. He's a rookie. And I know that he, you know, played behind B. John Robinson and he would have done this or that if given the opportunity. Can he stay healthy? I always worry about that with the running back. Deontay Foreman is a great example of a guy that has run into injuries and they've derailed probably his career path. I also think that uh, if you're asking the question today at the end of June about this offense and what running back is going to make the most plays, to me, it's going to be Deontay Foreman because he's new. He had 200 carries last year. He's a pro. He's done it before. I don't know what kind of highlights those will be. He might be running over people rather than running away from them, but you're a running back. And if you can get in the open field and and run to daylight, I think that's going to be what you want to see. Keep the chains moving. Don't fumble. Catch the ball when thrown to you. And to me, he's going to be able to stay on the field because they probably will end up trusting him more than the others. Khalil Herbert might find a role. He's got to stay healthy as well. But if you're asking me today, which guy is the answer to that question for me, it'd be Deontay Foreman. Well, Foreman certainly seized this opportunity last year, particularly after after Christian McCaffrey headed west. And so you, you see momentum there. Um, but there's a lot of open questions here. And the Bears also, David, in my opinion, have to start mapping out a future as well. You know, And in a year where you're not expected to, to compete for a Super Bowl, sometimes that comes at the expense of a veteran when you're trying to get a young, up-and-coming rookie more experience. So it'll be interesting to see how they manage that but I think we both agree that it's a legitimate question heading into training camp and that these preseason games, even though there's only three of them and the competition is what it is, are really the, the, the best forum for running backs to show a thing or two, particularly if you're a rookie running back trying to, to prove to everyone in the organization what you're all about. No doubt about it. But the last thing on this position group is that I don't believe it's as high of a priority as it is on some teams, because with all due respect, I think their best running back plays quarterback. And I know that is not Uh-oh. Uh, that that's perceived as a slight and it's not at all, but I don't know that you worry about the explosiveness at the position when you have a runner as explosive as Justin Fields is in the backfield. So I look at the running back role for the bears kind of different than many teams. Yeah, that, that's fair to an extent. I think we're all aware of the, the, the goal to reduce 
uh, the load on Justin Fields, and hopefully the running backs will be able to help with that, and we'll figure out who emerges. Yeah, if, if I if I own a Porsche, I, yeah, my goal is to go 55 yeah, every time <laughs> I take it out on the expressway. You know what happens? Next thing I know, it's 82 in a 55, and I'm cruising right, right along, passing everybody because I can. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, wide receiver or O-line? Where do you want to go next? Uh, let's go O-line. All right, this one is simple for me. Is Darnell Wright a budding star? When you use your first first round draft pick as a general manager on an offensive tackle, when you do so after making the calculated decision to pass on a uh, highly regarded, if questioned, defensive tackle in Jalen Carter, you better be right. And and, and Darnell Wright better be a budding star and he better be what the Bears advertised him to be in April when they drafted him and said that this guy is essentially a can't miss long term starter because of his combination of size and athleticism and, and agility and all the things he brings to the table. We're going to have to watch this play out. We're not going to see a lot of it in training camp. We'll see some one-on-ones. We'll see some things that he's able to do. Uh, but this is going to be a September, October, early November test for Darnell Wright to see what he looks like against NFL competition, to see if the success he had in college against guys like Will Anderson translates on an every snap, every week basis to the NFL. The Bears pushed their chips in on Darnell Wright. They had a lot of reasons that they believed doing so was right. I want to see it now and, and see it come to fruition because if you can lock down that position at, at right tackle, um, then all of a sudden now you you have a, the luxury of addressing other things going forward without having to worry so much about your offensive line, which as we all know in 2022 caused quite a bit of consternation both inside the building and out. I think it's a great question. And if it extended to, to training camp and you ask who is the Bears offensive player that needs to be impactful or impressive during, you know, August, it better be right. <laughs> Darnell right. Because more than any other position group, we evaluate or we have said, people have said this about Ryan Poles, he's going to get the offensive line right. He's going to know an offensive lineman. He's and, and, and general managers, more than anything, need to draft well. Mm-hmm. And so you look at the Bears starting week one offensive line, it's going to include exhibit a and exhibit b of two guys who are going to be evaluated and tell you what you know about ryan poles and the direction of the bears darnell right on the right side and braxton jones on the left if those guys are as good as they think they can be and it's as obvious early you're going to feel a lot better about the direction of the bears if those guys look overmatched and overwhelmed you're going to have some serious questions. So I think that's a great question. We can talk about Tevin Jenkins all you want and Cody Whitehair at center and whether Nate Davis, Nate Davis was late yeah. for a reason, whatever. I think that we're going to – this offensive line and maybe the future of this organization, we're going to get a good sense of that by how well the bookend tackles play. And you're looking for sturdiness. And, and, and as you mentioned, you know, Braxton Jones is a, a day three find. Darnell Wright is a <laughs> round one top 10 investment, right? And so there's two very different paths to trying to find starting offensive tackles that the Bears have taken. Both of these guys need to excel and they need to establish themselves as sturdy and reliable because that's what this offensive line needs more than anything else is sturdiness and reliability for Justin Fields to, to get the truest test of his skills going forward. All right, wide receiver coming at me. All right. Um, a close one B on this one was, what did you think of Chase Claypool's uh, fashion shoot on Instagram? You can answer that in a minute. But the question for me that is the most pressing going into training camp is, will Darnell Mooney ever be the same? And I know people might go, wow, that sounds like alarm bells being sounded. It's just a question that's worth asking about a receiver who we have not seen with our own eyes moving around since that late November uh, ankle fracture that caused him to have surgery, tightrope surgery, ankles in, or, or uh, screws inserted into his ankle. I need to know what Darnell Mooney is because Darnell Mooney a year ago at this time was supposed to be Justin Fields' go-to guy. He was supposed to be the, the, the chemistry guy, the rapport guy, the guy who, who obviously we've documented for three years now does everything right behind the scenes, works his butt off, is going to maximize his potential. When you suffer a very serious injury in this sport at this level, sometimes you're never the same. And so I just want to see going into 2023 that Darnell Mooney can be at at the minimum a really good number two that you want to keep in your organization for a, a four or five year contract extension. 
You know, that's a good question, and I think it's somewhat rhetorical because it's very difficult to answer with such little information. And we don't know what he is dealing with because obviously they've kept everything pretty much under wraps. Injuries like that are very difficult to project and, and, and assign timetables to. That's what makes that's what makes them so scary. That's what makes me very hesitant to answer. Yeah, oh sure, he'll go back to being the guy that runs the perfect routes and comes up with the circus catches. You know, the other element of that, in terms of factoring into any answer, is that the Bears, frankly, don't need him to be what he was before the injury. He is in a much different role, like it or not, accept it or not. You know, he you want him to be healthy so he can contribute. But he's not going to contribute in a way that he did before because he won't be in those same situations. He could end up being a very – serviceable is the wrong word, but he could be a very good, dependable number two, number three wide receiver, which might be better for everyone because of the way that fits into the offense. What he was before was we were kind to trying to strain – and, and stretch the bounds of what a number one wide receiver looks like and is because of the limitations of the Bears' offense and the, sh- you know, the weakness of the roster. Darnell Mooney, if he comes back relatively healthy, might be in a better position or as good of a position to succeed because less will be asked or required of him. I hope he's healthy. He's a great teammate. I hope the answer is emphatic yes, but I just don't know if they're going to be in a position to have to need him so – I, I'm not sure that Darnell Mooney is going to have any better of a season than the ones he's already had. Well, look, you know, 2021 was a thousand yard season and it was an 80 plus catch season where you said, okay, this is, this is scratching uh, uh, the surface of the potential there. And then again, a serious injury here when you're five foot 11 and 173 pounds, you rely on explosion and quickness and agility. And Darnell Mooney's going to have to prove that that's back to a, if not elite level, a, a exceptional level in the NFL to have the maximum effect that he's going to have on an offense. It's going to be really fascinating to see if he opens training camp, David, on the physically unable to perform list, which would not be a stunner to me at all, but it would certainly give you an idea that, okay, now we've got to proceed into training camp, understanding that they're going to be going slow and they're going to be going cautious and they're going to be working toward the regular season. And I had someone ask me recently, do you see him being a guy that gets an extension done before the regular season begins? And I said, no way, because if you're Ryan Poles, why would you do that? You need to see him in game competition going forward for an extended period of time before you start making investments. It's the cruelty of the sport. Sure. But that's the reality of where things are. Uh, Darnell Mooney is one of my favorite people in that building really enjoy everything that he's accomplished in his first three seasons. I just want to know, will he ever be the same? Yeah, I, it's impossible to answer without seeing for yourself what he looks like running a route and getting hit and getting up from that hit. So I think that's going to be one that is to be continued. What is this about some fashion shoot? I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, over the weekend. I don't know if this was in France or what, but but Chase Claypool on his Instagram, uh, he was wearing some garb. There were a lot of holes in the shirt. You have to pull it up on Instagram. I can't, I can't do it justice on a podcast, um, but it was certainly um, – Quirky, I guess it'd be the best adjective I'd come up with. Maybe Studs has got a better one. I'm sure. Did he, he have thought. a sponsor? Did he have? Uh, it was it just him on a vacation taking selfies? Uh, was no, it, it looked like there was. I don't know. It looked like there was. There was some almost like modeling going on. Like that. It was like a, a, a sort of a, a modeling shoot. I, I would prefer that he strike his poses in the end zone <laughs> rather than you know in Paris. But it's it's the off season, so I guess he is free to travel. Let's just hope that he stays healthy and well, doesn't not, uh, you, strain anything. You've got some homework to do. As soon as we hang up on this podcast, you got to go. Pull I'm up going straight Instagram to the gram. And, yeah. Find out what Chase Claypool, uh, his, uh, his handle is. And, and I will evaluate the fashion shoot from Paris. I think it's just at Chase Claypool. So it won't be oh, real okay. hard for you to find. That's what for sakes. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know how, how he was spelling it. If it was a friend or maybe it was Chase Claypool. <laughs> Maybe it was one of those things. All right, so what's the last position? We have quarterback left. What's the last question? Yeah, it's the easiest question there is, and it's the question that will define everything about the Chicago Bears in 2023. How good is Justin Fields? Yeah, that's a great one. That's an ongoing conversation. It's one that you could answer differently depending on the Monday morning, uh, how you feel based on what you saw. It's probably 
more open for interpretation than it should be at this point in time. It certainly is more open for inter interpretation than many people in Chicago believe it to be. I, I think that there's still a lot of ground for him to cover, figuratively, not literally. I, I think that when you talk about his growth, he's got to make more. It's, it's not a, an insult to his progress or development to say that this is a, a season in which, you know, the, the excuses, as we say, are gone and, and it's time to produce. The, the Bears are going to be making determinations on, on the, his future based on his performance. And, and I think that he's got to be more accurate. He's got to be more efficient. We know he can be explosive. We have no doubts about his intangibles. But to call him a finished product would be wishful thinking and a bit naive. He can definitely lead the Bears where he wants to lead them. But it's going to take a little bit more improvement on his part. It won't be for lack of effort. He just can he pull it off. Yeah. Is he okay? Is he pretty good? Is he great? You know, that, that's basically going to be the sliding scale that Justin Fields will operate under for the duration of 2023. We have laid out uh, in exhaustive detail the things he needs to work on, the things he doesn't need to work on. We know what his gifts are. We know what his weaknesses are. Now it's all about taking this test in 2023 on the Take the North sponsored No Excuses Tour and see where this thing winds up. Are you okay? Are you pretty good? Are you great? Um, and and th th there shouldn't be a lot of gray area by the time we get to the end of week 18. There really shouldn't. And if there is, um, then we're probably pushing that needle closer to okay than great. And and it's going to be really fascinating to just watch this play out. Because again, I, this, this is that question of, of all the 10 position groups over the last two weeks that we've talked about. That is the one that is the fuel for which direction the Bears go without question. And, and, and so it's going to be really, really interesting to see where that, that answer comes. Two thoughts. Number one is that that answer to the question will be affected and maybe answered by how the other four previous questions were answered or adequately addressed because Justin Fields' success will be contingent upon being protected, having a running game, wide receivers getting open, and tight ends being effective in the red zone. So everything is going to be related. We're saying basically it's time for him to raise the level, level of their play as much as they're capable of raising the level of his. And the other thought is, is that while we're talking about the No Excuses Tour, have we <laughs> ever thought about asking Kevin Warren about a residency for that at the new Dome Stadium at Arlington Heights? Um, we can look for it. Not just a tour, but a residency. That's a reasonable can't... suggestion. Yeah. But, but the problem is, is that is that that place in Arlington Heights won't be open probably for at least four more years. And so now – you know the no excuses right. tour may be maybe long gone okay. by the time by the time that facility That's is true. open. No so, for that. but hey, look, yeah. you know this leads us into uh, two. I guess it would be two and a half dates on the calendar for the no excuses tour down in Westfield, Indiana. Okay, <laughs> okay, at the, at the Rich, Grand Rich Sports Campbell Complex territory. Yeah, I, I actually have to make my reservation at, at Casa de la Campbell. Uh, potentially for one of the nights there, but the Bears will be taking their joint practice uh, action down to Westfield, Indiana, the Grand Sports Complex on Wednesday, August 16th, and Thursday, August 17th. There will be a pair of evening practices, David, 6 o'clock Eastern, uh, free of charge, but tickets are needed. You can go to the Colts website for anybody that wants to make the drive down there and see the Bears practice against the Colts, and then they will play that preseason game that Saturday night at Lucas Oil Stadium. I will be fascinated to know what the preseason game action plan is for Justin Fields in 2023. How much action do they want to get him in preseason action? The reason you do some of these crossover practices is because you can get that same kind of benefit without the risk of your quarterback getting hurt uh, or, or getting hit. And so um, that'll be interesting. But those are those are three Indiana dates for you. I know you, you, want, you like to keep things in Indiana. You've got three of them. Well, I, I'm just worried about kind of traffic from Chicago going on I-65. That could be quite the congestion. Uh, I hope I-65 has no construction in August because that could be quite the hassle. I know that Chicago uh, residents tend to complain a little bit about construction and congestion, especially in the wake of the NASCAR situation. So I wonder if this is such a wise thing having this in Westfield. I've never been to the Grand Sports Complex. Do you know anything oh, about the Grand Sports it's Complex? It's grand. Okay. It is It is grand. It is a youth sports extravaganza. That's what there I thought. Is, you should bring your son and you could say, okay, uh, you know, stay busy. And he would be able to play <laughs> soccer, baseball, pickleball, tennis, swimming. I mean, there, it's, all, it's all there. 
All right, uh, we'll, we'll we'll pitch that because we might be low on uh, summer camp and, options at that point of the summer. And then you know the Children's Museum is just a short drive away, downtown Indy. Yeah, you know it's it's not a bad it's not a bad spot either for the family for a vacation. So yeah, I mean, look like that's gonna that's gonna be good, and that's gonna come up quick because that's that's you know we get basically get two full weeks of training camp, and then that to break it up, which you 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 know what the grind of training camp can be to have that sort of um, I, I think part of the the reason the Bears like this is because it does break up the monotony for the players and the coaches of of refocusing, getting on the road, doing some on the road bonding that you don't get to do anymore now that you're not in Bourbon A for training camp. And so um, it'll be, it'll be a cool little, uh, little stretch on the August calendar that I think people that don't want to uh, fully invest in football can, can take two or three days out to, to see what's happening in Indy. It's really not a bad drive either. So it would be worth the, worth the trip for a lot of people. Okay. Let's wrap up with your favorite segment. What you doing? Man. Favorite new segment. Well, we, so Robert Schmitz, please come to the, uh, to the dais to accept your award uh, studs. First, give us our, our little dose of Zach Pickens. Hey, what you doing, man? Robert Schmitz is our, our, our second uh, honoree, I guess we'd call it. I don't know if honoree is the right word for it. It doesn't feel like an honor. It but it's feel like an honor. Yeah, he follows Adam Rank, and, and, and the segment is really good because uh, Robert Schmitz, who's a prolific blogger, and uh, he's a, a, an owner of one of the, the louder megaphones on Bears Twitter, um, took, to, took to the airwaves on Twitter this week. With the following set of two tweets, I will read them verbatim and then we can discuss them in a minute. Um, the first tweet was, Justin Fields has the most important trait for success at quarterback. You can't mimic him in practice. Mahomes' creativity, Burrow's eyes, Allen's size. No scout teamer can get a defense ready for them. Fields' speed is just as rare, meaning defenders can't prep and that shock leads to mistakes. You can mimic Jimmy Garoppolo, but you can't mimic Fields. He puts defenses on their back foot, meaning if Fields takes that next step as a passer too, sheesh, eyeball emojis. <laughs> okay. So before we fully unpack this, because I don't even really know where to start, I will say this, that, that, that Robert does good work. He does a good job analyzing <laughs> the entirety of, of, of Bears film. He does some film breakdowns that are interesting. <laughs> but, 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 but David, where I'll go with this is I don't, I don't even take exception to – 70% of that tweet it's 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 with the the most important trait for success at quarterback is you can't mimic him in practice I, I yeah that that's quite uh I, ha I haven't heard that compliment before let's just say that I think we need to rename the 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 segment though this is what you doing man uh Dan Wiederer's Things I saw on Twitter this week that annoyed me, comma, what you doing, man? Or that caused me to say, what you doing, man? I, I have uh, – it, it is a great – they're great questions. They're great, I didn't see this on Twitter this week. I don't necessarily – I have to limit some of the things, the, the, the rabbit holes like go down. I understand. Um, and, uh, you know, because Bears Twitter is active, you know, White Sox Twitter is crazy. I mean, every fan base's Twitter has its own kind of personality. Gusto. Yeah. Gusto. The, Gusto. Well, the, the reason I bring this up, David, is because it illuminates this sort of weird dynamic we're in in the summer of 2023 with Justin Fields. And it's the analysis can never just be kind of right down the middle and, and grounded in reality. There's always got to be some exaggeration to it on one side or another that says, uh, because I want this to happen, I will say this. And so to say that this is the most important trait that a quarterback can have, according to who? According to NFL general managers, defensive coordinators, offensive coordinators, defenders, offensive players? Like no one would agree <laughs> with that in the NFL. I, 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 it's, I've never heard it before. <laughs> I, I've, never, I've never heard that as, as a trait of a player that makes him special or makes him even good. The fact that he's difficult to mimic in practice. Like a snow leopard would be hard to mimic in practice, right? But that doesn't make him a good quarterback, right? <laughs> like the snow leopard's got to be able to throw the ball and the snow leopard's got to be able to uh, see the field and, and read the defense. I got this, a, a text from a former Bears player mm -hmm. uh, in regards to this tweet um, that I will also read. And I won't name the player because I didn't uh, ask permission. But he said, the most important trait for success at quarterback is being able to combine accuracy with anticipation and decision-making. 
you can't prep for his speed, but that speed can't take you to the promised land by itself. And so, again, I, I just think, like, if we're going to do this Justin Fields thing the right way for the duration of 2023, like, let's just let's just slow down with some of the, the, the grand exaggeration and throwing these things out there. Um, you know, Tom Brady was easy to mimic in practice, probably. Peyton Manning was easy to mimic in practice, probably. They didn't have anything that like a Scott, you know, I, I don't, I, I, what, uh, Robert Schmitz, what you doing, man? I, I feel <laughs> that's good. I'm glad you closed that up. <laughs> I'm glad you closed it up. Cause here's what I feel like you're doing like this morning, or I shouldn't use my own myself as this example. You no, are, go for it. Use yourself. You, you are the state trooper that's <laughs> standing there on the expressway and you've got the radar gun pointed at all of these cars going 85, knowing full well, you're not going to get in your squad car and chase any of them down because you're not going to be able to catch them. Okay. There's certain things you just have to concede. And what every Bears fan who wants Justin Fields to succeed so badly, what they're doing is, Dan, they're going by you at 90 and daring you to try to stop them. And you're not going to be able to. This is why I am so beloved on Bears Twitter. This is why that, that audience loves me as much as they do, because I I, I am there with my radar gun. I, I, but, but look, like, because, this, David, the, the, for me, like, we've had this this strange, like, oozing over of this world of, of like, reporting right right and it gets so weird because then this goes to the airwaves and then it's like a a new thing and like my whole point with everything in this fields discussion really since last like october is like there have been so many checkpoints that people have just gone right past on the way to the coronation that it's just like we need to clear some of these checkpoints before we get there uh this is just another one i'm sorry it's just the the scarcity (laughs) of excellence at the quarterback position has created an abundance of silliness. That's what it is. And you should, you should write that down. That was very well phrased. I, I, I just came to the top of my head when I'm trying to think about how to talk around this. Because I think that <laughs> the, this in this example, it's this guy who, I'm sorry, the name is... Robert Schmitz. I don't Schmitz. mean, what I don't you mean doing, any, man? I don't mean any disrespect. But this is, this is a symptom of what goes on with so many people that are watching this and wanting something to happen so badly that they start to see things that aren't necessarily there. So what you doing, man? All right. The other reason I like the other reason I like the segment is because I I get to watch you squirm a little bit and feel feel real uncomfortable with 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 some of the things that I'm dragging you into, which is like that that's that's fun for me. I've just dragged you YouTube. Strike this from the whole internet. Yeah, I've dragged you into something that you don't necessarily want to partake in. Okay, it makes me happy. It makes me happy. I'm game. I've I've been down that road before. (laughs) You know, listen, I'm on the air for 22 hours a week. You know, I'm on that road every now. <laughs> All right. Anything else that we have forgotten about or overlooked that we need to get to? No, uh, other than just getting this smoke out of here so that I can maybe uh, get Jeez. the head cover off the driver and, and hit it straight a little bit. on No Thursday. kidding. No kidding. I hope things clear up. Uh, kind of. Uh, is it a coincidence that this has happened during NASCAR week in Chicago? Well, that's for another podcast, but we have covered a lot of ground. We will continue to cover ground in this off season. We'll be here when things develop, and we'll be back to talk about what's next in the Bears offseason. So thank you for watching us on the 670 Score YouTube page. Thank you for listening to the Take the North podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. For Adam Sadzinski and Dan Weeder, I'm David Haw. We'll talk to you next time. The most important trick for success at quarterback. Yeah, great talk. See you out there.